Welcome to Star Trek Stuff with Anne. Oh no, this is doomed. And Adam. Get me killed in space. The fourth or fifth best new podcast in Athens, Georgia. Probably. All right, welcome to the first episode of Star Trek Stuff. We are watching Enterprise. But before we get to actually Enterprise, Anne Hearn, ladies and gentlemen. Anne Hearn. Hello, hello. Hi, hi, thanks, thanks. How did you get into Trek? Tell us like what Trek means to you and who you are, and maybe not in that order. I don't know. Go for it. My grandmother started me on the original Trek when I was like 10 years old, max. I'm not real good with time, so it could have been, I could have been five. I'm not sure. It was, I was young. She liked it. We were watching it on PBS. And I was like, oh, my grandmother likes it. I'll start watching. And I loved it because I was all into the space program. You know, this is, you know, back in 85 when the, you know, the space shuttle was a big fucking deal and and all that. So, you know, anything space I got into and I started watching Star Trek and I loved it. Awesome. Yeah. And and then uh, Next Gen started playing on PBS because we had like three channels, yeah. you know. So it was like either PBS or like one other channel, you know. So you know, I I would use my VCR to tape them, and I watched them over and over and over again. So was this up in uh, Pennsylvania, or had you made your way down south? Yes. No, it started started up in Pennsylvania, and then like when I moved down here, you know, all I all I I pretty much just got grabbed whatever trek was available anytime I could. So very cool, very cool, and I loved it. And well, I'm one of those people that like um, if I like something, I find every little detail about it. I don't collect anything trek. but I do read the novels. So it's not you're not so much into the the physical object stuff no 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 if i if i could get certain certain very particular props from the show then i'd be excited but but i don't want like i don't, i've i've dressed up uh as a uh starfleet officer for um halloween one year which era uniform oh tos yeah oh that's awesome yeah yeah, my friend um, Lisa uh, dressed me up and, and she put she gave me a blonde wig and did my hair and everything and did my makeup very 60s. You know, it looked it looked great. I love that. It was That's it was great. a good year. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, and I bumped into um, uh, Walter Koenig at Dragon Con one year, like literally almost bumped into him. We were at the um, escalator at one of the hotels and we're all like I mean there's like just swarm of people trying to get downstairs and I just happened to like in the swarm of people end up next to him trying to get on the escalator and I just looked at him and I was like hi you know that really high pitched like you know like way too loud you know <laughs> hi and he was like hello and I was like ah. and I just just stopped right there because I knew if I if I continued talking or allowed myself to continue speaking of any it would just be worse so i just i just shut the fuck up and just let him go ahead of me <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure uh he and the rest of the trek alumni are used to oh yeah uh, that, that that's probably an easy interaction for them an easy odd oh, interaction yeah. for them someone just yeah. like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> i mean that's that's like a two 
you know, I'm, I'm sure people are used to just like someone just like dropping to their knees and licking their feet or something. Oh, God. Yeah. Just ridiculous Ugh. shit. Yeah. I, I did go to now. I, I for anyone listening out there, never go to a Star Trek only convention. Those are fucked up. Like with with Dragon Con, where there's lots of different fandoms that gets weird. But like there's plenty of normies there. OK. That kind of balance it all out. A Star Trek only convention, it is, there are no normies. (laughs) It is all weird all the time. Like, it is so strange. I went to one of those, it's just comic book guy (laughs) and girl. And like, and, and I mean, it was, it was so crazy. Like went, uh, I went to one when I was in high school and it was down, like down in Atlanta in this hotel or whatever. Got to meet James Doohan. Nice. Got to meet Michael Dorn. Oh, cool. Uh, Michael Dorn, my favorite story. Michael Dorn. So Michael Dorn's there answering questions, being his incredibly nice self. And um, these four beautiful black women in the back row, finally, when it got to the question and answer period, they asked him if he would talk like Worf. And he did. And they all went, <laughs> <laughs> It was the best thing ever. <laughs> they all just lost their shit. It was so great. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. But, yeah, that was the cutest thing ever. I went to one Trek-only con. Uh, it's not really a con. It was just kind of a th- thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, but, it w- but it was definitely Trek-only. James Duhon was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I must have been, I don't know, 9, 10, uh, 10 11? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in those kind of tween... Uh, ish years or something like that and i just remember kind of walking around going like uh, this stuff's expensive like <laughs> i couldn't afford anything totally oh my god it's so expensive everything is always expensive i even tried uh just because i i am a lebanese man i tried to like haggle with this guy like <laughs> he had a date uh he had a data action figure he was selling for like like 30 bucks or something like that and i was like yeah. hey come on man i can get that for blah blah blah, blah. And, like he was just like go there then like he was not having it <laughs> he was, like he was not about, about to even like be like nah kid we're not we're not that's 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 not what we're doing here. It, yeah. it was just straight yell at me. Fuck out of here. <laughs> oh like God. I was like, God. all right, you know, okay. And so yeah, and I tried to ask James Duhon a question, and he wouldn't let me get it out. And then was oh. like, get out of the line, whatever. And but but I got oh. his signature on a little uh, yeah card, uh like a, yeah. a trading card kind of thing, like a TOS trading card. So that was cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I got started on this when, so God, this would have been um, probably about 86, 80, 85, mm-hmm. when my family got a VCR. Yeah. Holy shit. We finally got a VCR, but we never bought any movies. We just taped stuff off a of TV. Same. So my dad was not about to Same. Pay, pay all that money for that. <laughs> yeah. And first tape that we had was... Two movies, and it was Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. and Return of the Jedi. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I grew, I grew up, honest to God, loving 
both. I just love science fiction. Oh, yeah. That's what it did. Yeah. It taught me to just love science fiction. Yeah. And I don't, I'm still to this day, because of that, I think I have never understood one franchise versus another. Right. Uh, or Beatles versus Stones or anything like that. I have no. no idea why these things are supposed to be in competition. And when you look at the history of it, they, uh, in, in cycles, kind of influenced each other. Oh, absolutely. Especially. Yeah, right. Especially nowadays, you got J.J. Abrams like you know crossing over mm-hmm. both and that kind of thing. So, look, it's science fiction. It's fun. It's fictional. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> just enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy the ride. Yeah, enjoy the ride. Yeah. It's really cool. It's inspiring. Yeah. it's fun. I love it. Yeah, but like you know, but come on, if you get religious about it. About one, you know, one of these things, and, and any one of these, it could be anything. It could be Firefly, it could be mm-hmm. Warehouse Thirteen. I don't know, whatever you're into. Um, relax. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fucking relax. Yeah. Relax. So, so Enterprise. So why we wanted to do Enterprise was a because I haven't. There's very few Enterprise podcasts out there. The ones mm-hmm. that are out there are absolutely just wretched like the ones that i've the ones that i have heard i'm not going to mention any names or anything like that but the ones that i have listened to have just been it's the best oh wow i love star i'm like no it's not because one thing about being a fan if you're really a, a big fan of something you're able to acknowledge where the the bad parts are absolutely like like, if you really love something, you're not going to say everything about it is perfect. Because that's not true. Nothing is perfect. Right. And so these podcasts that are like, you know, just worshipping Brandon Braga or Rick Berman, who, don't get me started. Um, that's just not genuine to me. Gotcha. You know, I, when I like something, I'm willing to make fun of it. that's uh somebody somebody posted something the other day that was like uh did you have did you have a happy childhood or are you funny (laughs) and bingo mine was a mixed bag so i just have a good sense of humor yeah yeah i had really great family but really fucked up circumstance so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm sort of funny you know yeah but but that's the thing. Like you have to be able to make fun of things. You have to be able to laugh at things because otherwise you take it too seriously and you end up like we were talking about before in this kind of fanatical religious kind of thing about a fictional world. Right. And that's that's just silly. You know, you don't want to live like that. So that's why we're doing this, because as much as we love Star Trek, we need to make fun of it. And, and Enterprise is eminently make funnable. So for me, that's what I want to find out. So my, cause, because my experience with Enterprise, uh, I, I'd say what, let me go ahead and tell you the story of the first time I saw Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I would have been like a teenager at this point, I think. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Late teens, I think. <laughs> Fuck you. Is that right? No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. Early 20s. Early 20s. I was, okay, I was, okay. I okay. was, I was. Wait, how old are you? I'm 30, I'm 37. Okay, okay, so I'm about, I'm eight years older? Really? I'm 45. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought we were yeah. like the same age. I had no idea. So, a little bit older. So, uh, listeners, we she has the, secret, the fountain of youth or something like that, because honest <laughs> to God, I thought you were my age or younger, honest to God. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, all right, so I'm in, my, I'm in my early 20s, and at that point in my life, uh, I'm in kind of 
uh, well, not a great place. Mm. Because of that, Star Trek like really wasn't on my radar. I had kind of checked out uh, around like Voyager. Sure. Like Voyager did not work for me at all at the time. I've been I've come to appreciate it now. I like Voyager now. But so they were like, yeah, there's going to be another Enterprise. There's, there's going to be another Star Trek. And I was like, all right. I had a, a really bad belief system. All right, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I am a. I'm, I've, I've talked about this on other podcasts as a guest and stuff like that. So I don't you know mind talking about. Yeah, this, yeah. But, uh, I'm a. Uh, recovering uh, evangelical right-wing nut job. Understand. So Star Trek is very antithetical to that. Oh my God, yes. Uh, yeah, we'll get into Trek right-wing Trek fans, I'm sure, at some point, Dude, but not right now. Let's, okay. let's not do mm-hmm. that right now. <laughs> yeah. But it made it made me uh, push away from Star Trek. Sure. I was at, like, it was like a friend of my parents, and it was, th- these were people that my dad had worked with for many, many, many years, uh, we knew their kids, all that kind of thing. It was almost like this other sort of set of cousins that we had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so, and there were a, a lot of nerds in, in that group. So they said, oh, we're going to, this the season premiere of like three or something like that, season three or something like that, of Enterprise. We're going to get together. We'll make some food and we'll put it on. It'll be on, that kind of thing. And I hadn't seen mm-hmm. any of it. My brother and I were both there. And we were, we the couch space had been taken uh, we took a seat kind of on the floor, sitting towards the, the front, and the show starts, and we're like, okay, and then the theme song hits, <laughs> and uh-huh. we can just go ahead and move right into talking about the theme song right after yeah. after this moment, yeah. because for yeah. me, I, I will never forget this as long as I live. My brother and I are sitting there, the theme song comes on, and we just slowly turn and look at each other. <laughs> And then we turn around and look at everyone sitting behind us and no one's freaking out. Like, right. We were just like, what the wh- fuck is this? What? The- what? And then we yeah. just burst out laughing. We just laughed <laughs> so hard. We're like, wait, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. We were just, we yeah. couldn't stop laughing. We we're like, there's, yeah. how is this, this a Star so Trek terrible. song? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, we were just like, yeah rolling we just we were started rolling on the floor laughing oh we were just dying it was hysterical and no one else was laughing and so it just became this this bit that we were just doing <laughs> you know what i mean just became, <laughs> so at that point you're laughing at yourself at the situation and yeah. that kind of thing like that it became so ridiculous so weird. and still uh when i when i watch enterprise and it comes on i Oh, I cannot skip fa- skip ahead fast enough. I'm actually angry at Netflix that it doesn't uh, like immediately give you the skip ahead part because there's actually like you you do get those first three seconds and I'm like no no no. Yep. But yeah, I remember very clearly because I was very excited about it. Like I was like because I was a I had been you know big Trek fan for forever. I loved everything about it and I you know, was very excited about the idea of it being some, like, pre-TOS. I was like, wow, cool, awesome, you know, you can see how this all happened and all this stuff, and oh, I'm so excited. And first part came on, and the moment the theme song came on, I remember saying, oh no, this is doomed. <laughs> like, immediately, I was like, nope. This is going to get canceled. This is no. 
Like, and I was right. I mean, for it to only last four seasons, that means it failed. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It got right almost to 100 episodes. 100 episodes means mm. your show is a success and will continue yeah. to make money forever. Enterprise made yeah. it to 98. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it still got, you know, some syndication. I'm, I think it's still in some syndication. Oh, sure. So uh, it's, sure, sure. it's still making money. And, you know, let's be honest, that's, what, that's why these companies put up money for TV shows and movies mm-hmm, is for it mm-hmm. to make money. They don't actually yeah. give a shit about us fans. They just want the money. So, yeah, I guess it's a probably a success. I'm sure they've made their money back by now, but yeah. woof. But this is the moment it fucked up. Mm-hmm. The, it is. The imagery's fine. That's all very to the good. That all kind of goes with the theme of the show. It's all oh, fine. Absolutely. But if they had gone with an orchestral theme... I honestly think they could have turned around and it could have been, you know, fine. Yeah. But I, this, I I really think it doomed the show. Big uh, agree on the imagery. And mm-hmm. how upset would you, would you be if you're the person that worked on putting together that intro oh and then God. they slapped that rejected Brian Adams garbage oh. on top of it? You're just like, can you imagine the horror as you're sitting there, oh, I would have been so pissed. Watching all this great, uh, this you've got uh, John Glenn and all these, you know, yeah, the Neil Armstrong footage and mm-hmm. and then the Age of Explorers yeah. maps mm-hmm. and everything. It's yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It works. It's so mm-hmm. so good. And then mm-hmm. and then just like some generic guy going going like bad bear and a bone to the piss in a muckadam pantown. You know this, that guy has to be. Uh, I think. Oh God. Okay. Well, it's Russell Watson. I don't know. I haven't looked him up on YouTube. No. I don't, I don't know. Care too. I don't know if he like fronts a <laughs> band or something. But I assume uh. he's doing covers of Three Doors Down songs somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. so bad. It's yeah, so bad. and mm-hmm. we, we, we talked about this. We, we've talked about this before, but I do want to go ahead and say it again for the sake mm-hmm. of this episode. Yeah, um, there are actual human beings who really like, really this love this. Yeah, you and I both have been in in music, have learned music. You currently play music with several bands. I have done the same, and I've worked at the Forty Watt for you know like something like 12 or 13 years Mm -hmm. so we're both a little jaded we both (laughs) live in a music town you know we're constantly all of our friends are musicians yeah Yeah. all uh, we're constantly exposed to real talent really original talent and you know it's constantly come i mean it even you know we get touring bands in and and they're not like headlining acts they're like you know stuff people that are doing experimental shit and stuff like that so we're a little jaded fine Mm -hmm. but this is still shit (laughs) (laughs) i've sat there at at a show where a guy just had a violin a pencil and a a little fan and a microphone and he just kind of put all those things and his face next to all of them like together and yelled (laughs) and and hit the violin with a pencil <laughs> and i would listen to that oh yeah on a loop yeah for an hour before i will sit through faith of the heart it's so bad and yeah like you said we are music people it's a music town 
and I always kind of want to sort of take a step back and go like, okay, is it me in a situation? Right. Oh, sure. And yeah, yeah. Faith, faith of the heart could be, it could be just one of these situations where uh, mm -hmm. because of where we live, uh, oh, we, we haven't actually said that, yeah. have we? We are from Athens, Georgia. Maybe it's where we live, all of our friends, all these things like that. We probably, uh, I'm, I'm going to say me, I probably just forget that most people are normal human beings who just want to hear a nice song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to hear the stuff that I, you know, grew up listening to in high school or my dad likes or whatever. And, and that's okay. You know, that's fine. But, like, this is still terrible. I mean, I can't. There, just this is awful. I. Ugh. It's so incredibly bad. I had. Uh, oh, I had it somewhere. I had compiled a couple of uh, comments that other people had written mm -hmm. about Faith of the Heart because it was. Because uh, it was. Oh, oh, okay. I found one of them. Uh, this was from a guy named Tiger McDavy, uh, McDavis. Mm -hmm. I believe this was on Star Trek shitposting Facebook group. Excellent. <clears throat> Here we go. It is incredibly awful. I also just started watching Enterprise. It's one of the worst intro themes ever written in the history of television. <laughs> I no would hyperbole. rather hear. I would rather hear the themes to the ABC TGIF comedy slate from when I was a kid. <laughs> Family Matters, Full House, yeah. Step by Step, etc. That's actually what Faith of the Heart sounds uh -huh. like, except that it is somehow massively shittier. Yeah. In the raw sewage of bad TV theme songs, it sticks out as the stinkiest nugget. It's so indefensibly horrid that I assume that everyone that defends it in this group is doing it sarcastically. Right. And no, they can't change my mind about either the shitty song mm -hmm. or any supposed purity of intent behind defending it. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, that's, that's completely oh. succinct. That's oh, man. spot on. I might I might pipe in crowd noise for that. <laughs> I just Ty, Tiger McDavis, if that is your actual name. Bravo. In my notes thing, I keep that next to stuff uh, that I wrote about my trip to Cuba and history of the Soviet Union. <laughs> like that's mm. got its own file. <laughs> I think it's just so 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 flawless. So big ups to that guy. Okay, so let's get into this. Okay. This first episode is called Broken Bow. Bow? Mm -hmm. Bow? Okay. Okay. I didn't know if it was bow because that's a part of a ship and there's a ship. I think what uh, they're trying to talk about, I think they're referring to um, a broken bow is like a, a code for a lost nuclear weapon. That's broken arrow. Oh. Well, then what the fuck is broken bow for? I don't know. That's dumb. I think it's broken okay. arrow. Well, that was the name of that. Uh, that movie that was like a um, yeah I think that's what I confused it with yeah it was a Travolta movie oh god so I don't know I'm thinking it might be broken bow like the bow of a ship oh that kind of but the of ship makes isn't sense. broken no I don't know that's dumb okay know. Right, right off the bat they were just writing confusing yeah what does that mean <laughs> I have no idea somebody that's dumb somebody let us know uh, in the Facebook group which is Star Trek stuff yeah and is our, our moderator there uh, I'm sure we'll get like a email thing set up so you can send all your hate mail <laughs> because of how much you love faith of the heart and sure that kind of thing um, maybe we can make a little segment out of it like David Pakman's Hatriot Mail or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. So it opens up and uh, a dad and kid dad and son are making a model. 
And one second in, and this kid is already a total shitbag. <laughs> I hate this child. I mean, I'm like, if if this is how what kids are like, I don't. I'm glad I didn't have any. <laughs> Same here. Because he's awful. Yeah, he just starts saying racist shit, right? Ambassador yeah. Pointy. Uh, what? Your dad made it incredibly clear that that's like not okay. Yeah. Fuck Billy Cook. Yeah. <laughs> He blames Billy Cook. And I'm like, fuck Billy Cook. You don't, that's, you know, what do you, what's wrong with you, kid? Yeah. Uh, so the dad uh, was like, well, I don't know why, but the Vulcans are holding our warp tech back kind of thing. Uh, that, sure. I mean, that's going to get gone over and over and over again in this episode. Oh, my God. So this wasn't necessary at all. At all. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, they... They cut to it. They cut back to the dad and kid model thing later. So maybe that's mm. they, yeah, it's a bookend. It's, yeah, they're, they're trying to bookend. It's a bookend. It. They're trying to bookend. Mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> so we have a Klingon in the heartland. What is it about Star Trek and Iowa? Kirk was supposedly born there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kirk's from there. Well, original Kirk is from there. Kelvin timeline Kirk is from yeah. there. Uh, which I guess yeah. that still works. No, because things split when Thor blew up the ship. His dad is the kid's dad is right. Thor. He's born in space. <laughs> that, that's where Kelvin timeline splits, right? That's where that. That's where that happened. Okay, mm-hmm, yeah. So mm-hmm. no reason for us to yeah. be in Iowa in the JJ verse either. Um, is that what? What is that? It's like a Heartland connection type thing. Yeah, I th- I I think they just picked that because it seemed kind of um, very Earth centric like like somehow if they had done it in a city it would have been too uh, modern looking so they wanted to make it really recognizable like here's a cornfield there's cornfields everywhere you know make it really really um indistinguishable as earth in the future I would hope that at that point we're not doing fat subsidies for Iowan farmers right, so that right. they can have their god-awful caucus yeah. uh, mess and still keep destroying <laughs> our politics uh, that far in the future, hopefully. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that you have to do, if you're in a city, there's all kind of sets. There's all kind of space mm. future things that you have to do. Uh, but he just has like the space shotgun. Right. And, and why don't we ever see future shotgun anymore? Because that's a cool-looking shotgun. Right? Why don't they have those later on when they're like... I don't know. When uh, Officer uh, Boring Guy is, is like, here's your phase pistols. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Where's the cool shotguns? Yeah. Plus, he doesn't go in and call the fucking police or whatever. He just goes in and gets his futuristic shotgun. We don't we don't call 911, damn it. Exactly. Yeah. He just... Find, he just... <laughs> he sees... Frankly, he sees black guy, shoots him. Like that's what Basically. that's what the redneck does. Uh, honestly, Basically. it didn't matter that the guy uh, was an alien. He'd uh, he'd have probably got shot anyway. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh. So at the time this came out, the Suliban CGI, like flipping their limbs around st- and things, that actually looked pretty good. Okay. At the time. Okay. Like when you're watching on TV for the first time, I was like, oh wow, that's pretty cool, you know. But now when you see it. You know, you're seeing it through the eyes of someone who's seen much better CGI. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, not very good. Yeah. But C- CG um, never really ages well, does it? No, it really doesn't. Um, and I'm going to comment a lot about clothing and costumes because that's just my I, my particular wheelhouse. I love all the costumes in TOS and I just I love to look at that kind of stuff. Why is it that 
there's so many sci-fi species, especially the, you know, Suleban type where it's just a kind of a bad guy and like kind of a throwaway bad guy. They all have onesies. It is always a onesie. Like their shoes are part of the outfit. <laughs> it is always what a onesie. What are those th- those jammies? What are they what are they called with the foot footy pajamas? Yeah, yeah, footy pajamas. Yeah. I don't know. He's got footy pajamas <laughs> on. Why? And you know that's an old sci-fi thing. Like it is. from the 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 40s like Flash Gordon type stuff. Mm-hmm. For some reason, people just looked forward and said, "Look, this is all going to be one piece." Like yeah. that's just what that just I, makes it so much easier. I dream of a day when we, <laughs> we won't just have, put on one thing. <laughs> yeah, when we won't have more than one article of clothing and there'll be silvery and we just you just and step hot. into it and that's it. <laughs> But yeah, like shoes are old fashioned. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. I get when I think about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess that would be pretty cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, if I could get away with like a onesie that wasn't, uh, well, one tied on me because I don't exactly. I, I oh, have God. Star Trek I fan would body. Never. So yeah, I, oh, I, I, definitely. I'm not like I don't look. You know, eh, not. Uh, I'm trying to think, so I'm I'm not Trip Tucker here, you know, uh, right? Because <laughs> he's Same. he's super jacked in this episode, uh, in, oh. the, in this. Uh, so it would look pretty bad on on most of us, uh, on a lot of us that are. I think that's fans. I think that's kind of part of it. Somehow is like is like is in the future everybody's really super fit. Yeah, we'll be able to like <laughs> take pills that that can just make <laughs> body fat melt away and yeah. will look amazing and that that oh. kind of thing, which would be. Super, super cool. Okay. Um, So I have a major question with this. So the Klingon jumps off the the silo door, which is a pretty good stunt. Um, How does he know that the silo would explode? I was going to ask, why did the silo explode? Like what? Oh, it's because um, grain silos uh, fill with flammable gas. Why? They have to have, they have to have um, very like specialized like, filters and and stuff like that to because as the grain settles and um degrades in there and and dries out there's a gas that gets released that is such a specific and it's midwest thing that's wow exactly so how did the klingon know that the silo would explode and if he didn't know that the fire the silo would explode why did he just fire a shot at the building did he grow up on a farm and on Kronos and know that grain silos fill with flammable gas? <laughs> how how much grain is actually grown on Kronos? They're real into like basically live food, right? You know the gak gak is just like <laughs> exactly just tentacles or yeah. something. They straight eat targs. They eat their dogs. Yeah. like it's the, it's so weird. Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. to, so already we have things that don't make sense. So that this is going great. Uh, so then, yeah. the faith of the heart starts. Um, uh, my soul dies because mm. this on this watch through, I went ahead. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna actually just watch it. I'm gonna I'm gonna just actually watch. I'm gonna watch this. Listen gonna, to it. I'm gonna with, mm-hmm. withstand this. It's so horrible. <laughs> it's so bad. We've we've gone over this. It's badness. It's, so bad. it's the depths of its badness cannot be fully explored. Um, mm. Anyway, so uh, we now have Dr. Captain uh, Samuel Beckett. He's here, and he's on his little ship. 
and he's checking out his big cool ship. I uh, I like his hat as much as I kind of hate this Enterprise design. That hat is kind of dope. Like right. I kind of want the hat. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's a. It, I like. I actually really like their their um, uniforms. Mm. It's much more utilitarian. It makes a hell of a lot more sense than the onesie. Yes. You know, with no pockets whatsoever thing. This actually makes a lot more. I mean, it's it, you from a from a just a purely practical sense. This is definitely a better right. uniform. Absolutely. This was. This um, would be. This would be the kind of like space future uniform I, I would be way more into. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's comfortable. Tons of pockets everywhere, you know. Um, but during this scene when they're going over the, sh you know, they're looking at the ship, they're doing an inspection or whatever. Mm. I will never understand it when men look at men or women, I guess. I don't, well, it's mostly men. Um, look at a boat or a ship or a car and act like they're looking at like a beautiful woman. <laughs> It's so I don't know. It's just icky. I don't. I I wish I could tell you what that is. That's so weird. It's uh, just, but it's it's something deep. I don't know. Yeah. It comes from somewhere deep. Uh, I I cannot tell you why that's a thing. But you like, are right. I love it my is. car. I love my car. But I don't look at it like it's a hot babe. <laughs> you know, like I don't. It's just a car. Ugh. Anyway. But we like, but, so, but like you and I have like normal vehicles. Like the, right, if you true. see, <laughs> like if I'm trying to think, the last time I experienced anything like that when I saw, I guess like the first time I saw a Tesla in real life, because yeah. that's what it's, you know you you see it on you know whatever these things they they get all the all this buzz online and everything like that, and then you see it in real life and you're like, holy shit! Like that thing really yes. is that really sleek, cool looking. and it actually yeah. does like fit in on the road and it's sleek it's not like the well, not like the cyber truck which is just like made to like stand out or something like that it's like right. that is just a slick car and i'm not a car mm -hmm. person i'm not a car person no no all. right 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 um, see i'm i'm a little bit of a car person and i mean when i do see you know like if i see like a 69 goat or something like that i'm like wow ooh, look at that but i'm not feeling in a sexual way i don't i don't it's, it's not, not a it's not sexual it's like okay good it's not it, it's very disturbing it's probably somewhere very near that it's sort of the possibilities of it you know they're gonna go holy shit y'all they're gonna go like warp four in this thing man holy shit <laughs> I, I guess that's i guess that's what it is it's just always struck me as a little bit gross Especially when it's in a TV show and like, or like in a movie or whatever, I'm like, okay, okay, now, you know, do you need some time alone? <laughs> and there is a thing about uh, calling, referring to boats as she, you know, having says she, women, yes, she yes. pronouns, no, like that's that is totally. And it, and I, and I think I'm not positive on this, but I think it has to do with um, the Latin language. Oh, okay. Because it has to be. Uh, either male or female a lot of latin languages masculine masculinize mm -hmm. or feminize mm -hmm. um verbs and or not verbs um nouns right, right so boats or women things like that um do you want to talk real fast about the um awesome guest stars they have on this episode tommy tiny lister He's the the gigantic Klingon they have in this episode. Yeah, I don't. He was. Yeah, uh, go ahead and tell us about because I don't oh, know anything about him. Okay, he was the president in the Fifth Element. 
Oh, he was in yeah. Universal Soldier. He was in Dracula 3000. If you look at his IMDb page, that dude works. Awesome. Like, he may not be, like, instantly... He was in Friday. Okay, okay. Um, he's got kind of a wonky eye, so he often plays, like, really big, scary dudes. Oh, yeah, right. Um, he's awesome. He's fantastic. Um, Jim Beaver... Uh, is another big-time genre character actor that I love. He was in Supernatural, uh, which we've discussed, um, as a major character in that show. He was in the recent Watchmen series, which is unbelievably good. Get this. I um, saw this, because they, HBO was like, we're going to give away the Watchmen for like a week or something. Oh, dude. I was like, cool. Did you watch it? I saw the first episode, was blown away, thought yeah. it was unbelievable, uh, went back to watch the next episode the next day, and the free trial was over. Oh, damn it. So. <laughs> I, I will find a way for you to see the rest of it, because it is so phenomenally good. Really, really excellent. I was very impressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was, he was uh, in Crimson Peak. He was in Deadwood. He was in Tremors. He was in X-Files. I mean, he is definitely one of those actors that just, like, you're like, oh, Jim Beaver, you know, again, Jim Beaver. Um who was he in X Files? He it was it was a like a one off episode, I believe. I'll have to pull it out. Oh, okay. The other um, last one is Gary Graham. Gary Graham is the um, Saval in this episode. Okay. So he's uh, I call him Snotty Vulcan. <laughs> yeah. um, he was in Alien Nation. He was in Mantis. Um, he does a ton of Star Trek fan-made movies, usually the only the good ones. Oh, that's um, cool. Which, well, there are not a lot of good ones, but there's some. Um, that's, a but yeah. that's a pool I have not dove into. I'm like, nah. It's, uh, I don't even like the extended universe type, like like the novels and stuff. I've read a couple of them here and there, and I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, it all just reads like fan fiction to me. So, uh, yeah. Just kinda meh, 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 meh. Yeah. The books, the novels I, I dig because I can kind of just... It's my head. I can imagine how I want it to be. The fan stuff, it's it really pulls you out. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so they they were looking at they were looking at the boat and being like, Oh my boat and then now <laughs> so now we're we are uh, the flocks and crew are treating the Klingon, whose name is Clang, right. big uh, ti- tiny, what's his name? Tiny, tiny Lister. Tiny Lister. Tiny mm-hmm. Lister. So mm-hmm. they're treating Tiny Lister. Well, it's Flocks. We don't know that it's Flocks yet, but it's Flocks. You know? Yeah. It's Flocks. Yeah. Um, and so they are disagreeing like this, the Starfleet brass, who's just like, I don't know, there's something so informal about this scene, but there's just like, I don't know, three guys and then the Vulcans. They're disagreeing about who is going to handle this whole Klingon situation mm-hmm. and T'Pol is there and like I said, snobby Vulcan. Like the Vulcans are so snobby. There's so much, yeah, there's just immediately way too much tension, way too much conflict that is just not mm-hmm. earned. Like it doesn't make any sense that these people are so pissed yeah. off. You know? And, and you know, Archer comes in there and he is such an asshole. Colossal asshole. Immediately a complete dick. Yeah, it's just entitled and ugly and he like totally threatens to Paul, like directly threatens her. <laughs> he says 
<laughs> he does. He's just like, I've got, he doesn't know who this person I'm gonna is. I'm going to knock you on your ass. Yeah, he's just. Like, what? We are. Calm down, dude. We are like one minute into introducing our hero. Our, our hero. The, uh, the great captain. And, and always, before, the, uh, before this, uh, and then even after this, in uh, Discovery, mm-hmm. the captain is supposed to be embodying the best characteristics of humanity and is an inspiring figure in, in, in so many ways. And is supposed to be calm and cool in situations. Right. And he walks in there like he's just had five shots of tequila <laughs> and, you know, got pushed around by somebody. It you does. know, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong it with you, dude? It comes in hard aggro, bro. And I was, yeah. I was thinking yeah. about how, like, you know, Kirk... Uh, people talk about how Kirk was like the cowboy and would just like punch people out or whatever like that. Kirk's leadership style was a lot of inspiration, though. Yes. His charisma and his uh, um, right. leadership, th- those qualities made people like want to follow him. Archer just comes in swinging. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and he's doing yeah. all of this in front of like his bosses. Like, this is very weird to me. Yes! I kept thinking about, oh like, my like God. A, where I work, uh, we have clients, and we've got the, I've got a supervisor, and, 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 and he has a boss, and all stuff like that. And we deal with, we deal with customers, we deal with clients. Mm-hmm. If my supervisor is talking to a client, and maybe there's a problem, maybe not, it doesn't help if I just come in and start yelling about... Yeah. <laughs> And acting like a jerk. Like, I mean, he he totally puts his commanding officer on the spot and in the middle of this argument. Yeah. And like gets up into the Vulcans faces and is like yelling at them. And I'm like, this is a military operation, (laughs) is it not? Right. Like, I mean, at least, you know, it's it may not be, you know, the army, but it's definitely like a chain of command kind of thing. Like, what the like, where did the writers think this needed to go yeah you know like they could have easily had a conversation that was way more toned down and so much less conflict it it reads like there was no trust in um their ability on the day to like yeah shoot and create that which is odd because if you're looking at the credits you've got it's berman braga james l conway directing these people that have been working in Star Trek for a long for time. Years. Yeah. They worked on DS9 before this. They worked on Voyager. They worked on uh, TNG. You know, it's like these are Trek veterans. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it seems like you'd know how to yeah. shoot this and how to set it up right instead of just like, all right, so uh, Captain Angry Pants comes in and starts right. screaming and threatening everybody. And then he runs, he goes up into uh, Dr. Phlox, who is just there being a doctor and he's like is this guy dead you know and he's like and i'm and he's like no and then he runs back in he's like These, that guy's not dead let's go God. jeez man it's it's just weird it's just a weird scene and it it, it was very it was it was a really big turnoff you have this major i guess interspecies whatever incident you have this this major mm-hmm. space incident is happening. A new, yeah. a new uh, uh, species has crash landed, and everything just kind of feels informal. It's just these people mm-hmm. in a room, and then someone's yelling, or not, yeah, well, no, he is yelling. He threatens to punch to Paul. He's definitely he, he, yelling. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, it feels like I don't know. Starfleet, you know, while new, uh, would have some kind of protocol 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, like when T'Pol interrupts and like says basically what I've been thinking the same way, you know, in this in this moment, you know, because she's talking about all of humanity and because she's like, you know, until you learn to um, control your baser instincts. And I'm like, and he's a prime example. Yeah. Like, look at him. Look at how he's behaving. He's obviously being a dick. It, it would have been much more effective if she had directed what she had said, like, directly to him, you know, and been like, you need to control your baser instincts and not, you know, humanity as a whole. Right. It Yeah, it, it does not work at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think, like, I guess just trying to justify what I'm watching because my memories of Enterprise weren't great like coming into this yeah so yeah. i want to i want to give it a go this time like i want to try and find i don't know maybe some excuses or something so <laughs> i was thinking like right. well maybe vulcans have tried this before with other uh aliens that they meet that are i don't know new to space travel and kind of trying to control their exposure and stuff like that and humans just aren't mm-hmm. having it at all I, I don't know maybe that's where the vulcans are coming from with this yeah, but that's the best I could come up with, and it feels weak. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I wasn't like, ah, I have it. Yeah, now this makes sense why the Vulcans act this way. Right, right. <laughs> there's, there's things that they kind of retcon. You know, there, there's the whole like in the fourth season that you know I don't want to give you any spoilers, but there's things that later that kind of, kind of explain why they act that way, but it's not good enough to be honest. Yeah. Um, one more comment about costumes. Why do they have like gigantic shiny bathrobes on? <laughs> All of the Vulcans seem to have gigantic, flowy, huge, puffy bathrobes on. It is illogical to not <sighs> wear giant, giant flowy, shiny, shiny bathrobes. bathrobes, puffy bathrobes. Mainly, my main problem with it is that it gets it drags all over the place it's probably going to get in their food and if they're cold because vulcan's a hotter planet then you'd think they'd have something that didn't look so i don't know out out garish and outstanding i don't know it's just that just as a costume choice that really bothered me it looks religious it does well and plus the fact that Later on, when you know T'Pol comes on board, she's wearing a skin-tight outfit. Of course, yeah. It is only logical for us to make hot ladies wear skin-tight suits and padded, huge padded bras. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so he threatens her again um, with punching her. He's such a bro. Like he's he's such a dick. He just comes off as such like a frat bag. Like he really, yeah. Yeah. Asshole. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, we are on the ship. Uh, the first appearance of the transporter. It's only moving right. some cargo. Intro, Reed and May- oh, is it Mayweather? Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. Or as I'm calling him, Helmsman Milk Toast. <laughs> Mayweather at least has like he has like a a kind like friendly face. Like at least he has that. Yes. Like he has he has a, a so TV bl- face. <laughs> he's so bland. Oh God, he's so bland. There's nothing going on with him. Uh, there's not there's not much going on with Reed either. Yeah. But he just com- But Reed just comes off as awful, just like immediately. And he continues to be this way, just boring and sulky mm-hmm. and mumbling, and it doesn't mm-hmm. work. 
at all nope. for a tactic tactics officer. I just kept placing. Um, oh God, what's the? He, he's a complete asshole in real life, but the guy that played Jane on Firefly. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a part for a badass. Okay, I had a I have a theory about this. This is just my personal casting opinion. But if they had gotten somebody, because the the person they picked for him is he's all sharp faced and kind of pinched looking. He's a great actor. I've seen him in other things. He's a fantastic actor. But oh. the personality would have been so much more interesting if they had picked somebody that was a lot more baby faced. Okay. Okay. You know, like if they had picked somebody that was like kind of sweet looking, then it would have been more interesting as his character developed. Okay. You know, like he's, he's looks real, you know, approachable, but then he's such a, you know, he's kind of a weird, harsh dick, you know, as his character had been developed, which they unfortunately don't develop him too much, but as his character developed, it would have been more, even more interesting, mm, Okay, you know? Okay. But yeah, they picked somebody who looks like his character instead of picking an actor that would have been interesting. Get, okay, what do you think of this idea? Hmm. Flip the actors. That would have been interesting. You have Mayweather who has this like um, very friendly... Young. He has ex- yeah. expre- he's young, he has these expressive mm. eyes. He's very good looking. Yeah. If he's the tactical officer, so when it's time to get into tactical shit, like the bloodlust... Right, is, right. You know, that could have been interesting to, to watch somebody kind of change that way like kind of that would have been so much more interesting someone that that could have that sort of thing in their Mm -hmm, personality mm -hmm. that like okay when it's lock and load time he's totally a different guy yeah they're all gonna die yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and then reed i mean i I think he would have been a perfectly fine helmsman Mm -hmm. um that would have worked uh, yeah. later on. I think uh, they talk about how he's from like a long line of uh, Navy sailors men. and mm-hmm. Navy men and things like that. I think mm-hmm. it would have been would have worked quite well for a, a helmsman yeah. to be that guy to have that sort of family background uh, because there's no nothing else happens with him. So why not? Yeah. Just have but yeah, like Ensign Ma- Ensign Milktoast, his edge consists of like telling ghost stories and playing extremely innocent pranks. <laughs> Adorable. You know, that's that's yeah, he's just adorable. Like they don't even talk about him being an amazing pilot. Like you assume that he is, but they don't even say it. Right, right. He's just there. In Voyager, they remind you quite often that Tom Paris is the sickest pilot. Is an amazing yeah. Right, exactly. They actually talk about him doing that. Yeah. But like with him, they just start, they just make you they just allow you to assume that that's why he's there. Maybe they were trying to show and not tell. But they could have said something. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't show or tell. Yeah, nothing happened there. Uh-uh. Uh, my yeah. note said the the <laughs> character is so boring. The only interesting that they do is imitate and talk to Tucker. So yeah. we <laughs> So we introduce Florida Man. Holy right. shit! Yay, Florida Man Florida is Man. here. Uh, the first halfway good-looking Star Trek actor ever. <laughs> you are so lying. Come on. I'm no, I uh, no, that's my personal opinion and I'm sticking to Jonathan it. Frakes, I early have, jo- no, early beard, no. Jonathan Frakes. Early beard Jonathan Frakes. Not a good not no. a good looking actor. No. Just they just wasn't my type. Oh wow, okay. So okay, so let's see, if Florida man's the first good look I'm trying to think. Weird backwards southern look southern guy. <laughs> totally into it. <laughs> North Florida no, man. Yeah. And uh it, his his George Bushness doesn't turn off. 
because he he screams W to me. He just screams. Oh w. no, that's to me. That's uh, that's uh, Archer. Archer is W. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Archer's W. See, I guess like the speech patterns and stuff like that from, the, from Tucker. Tucker's folksiness is is more earnest than W's because his was fake. Right. You know, he was because he was a rich kid and whatever. But like. Um, uh yeah I don't know T- Tucker because you know if you try to imitate Tucker he just comes out as W, so it's like I I get that I okay. totally get that but no it was much more the um the boorish kind of pushiness that uh, the and the anger that Archer had that that's that's what was to me like that that kind of weird Republican like you know forcefulness. You know, you have to do do things my way or the highway kind of thing. You know who uh, Archer reminded me more of in that in that way, like mm-hmm. that that description, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> or or is Snake Plissken one of the other? Yeah. Well, Snake Plissken uh, had that like actual scary toughness. Wait, he was actually a bad yeah, guy. He was yeah, actually yeah. scary and like tough, whatever yeah. like that. Like Jack yeah. from from uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China just like liked being loud and going, I don't know right. what's going on. I'm going to kick in a door and start shooting. You know, he just was right. like, I don't get your, 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 your Chinese talk here. And it just did, uh-huh. it just start blowing people away. And so yeah. that's that that's what Archer reminded me of was Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. I really I think that's what they were kind of trying to go for. They were trying to go for this really classic, um, you know, leader, uh, adventurer guy. And they just came out with him just being a jerk. Yeah. See, he comes off as more like somebody else's enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's who you call when shit needs to, when somebody needs to die. Right. You know, it's like it's like, well, let's get Archer, you know, bring in mm-hmm. the bring in the uh, the muscle, the muscle or the aggressor, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so we get to the engine room. And mm-hmm. to me, this is the weirdest looking engine room, uh, engine room set. It's the weirdest set they have. <laughs> it it looks odd. like a giant pencil case just yeah. plopped in the middle of the room. And I'm just like, it's really awkward. They have like these really like there's this kind of small area that they can film in where there's like you know thing you know buttons to push and all that and then there's the upper deck and like under thing it's just really weirdly awkward like the engine room in um either uh tos or in tos was kind of weird but um the engine room in um next gen it was mm. brilliant. There was plenty of places and there oh, was yeah. plenty of room to work. Absolutely. There's plenty of set areas to have conversations and stuff. But this one's just like tiny. I, I wonder what it was like in real life. You know, the yeah. actual set. It couldn't have been it couldn't have been easy to shoot in. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like a great idea. What they did in TOS, if I remember this right, uh, was you didn't really see the engine engine much like they would shoot it from this angle where like the door was kind of in front of you and they had some some panels Mm -hmm. and then off to the right was supposedly the engine and it was just kind of like this big thing Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it it was behind a thing like they didn't get their hands on it yeah it was vertical instead of horizontal the other ones that we've seen so far which you know chronologically take place much longer Mm -hmm. after this uh they're all vertical yeah Uh, tng's 
and and Voyager, you know, giant blue uh, lava lamp. Warp in core. The, in, yeah, the yeah. warp core is the middle of the thing like that, whatever. Pulsating. I don't think we see the one in Picard. Disco, of course, has like the weird room where the, mm-hmm. where you put a tardigrade because uh, <laughs> mushrooms. Okay. I, I've, been, I've been rewatching <laughs> Disco and I'm like, I, I am not anti-Disco at all. I love Disco a lot, but it's definitely yeah, because there were shrooms. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay whatever i don't know whatever yeah I, I don't know i don't i don't hate disco i'm not no. anti-disco i think there's some great actors yeah. on disco i think that the, the action the, is the fantastic level of and... writing is definitely higher oh, yeah. like i had to watch disco episodes several times to really get like every nuance of each episode mm-hmm. whereas tos and and tng and voyager and all that not really you know deep space nine yes yeah there are multiple episodes of Deep Space Nine that I had to watch several times because there were layers of meaning and nuance and metaphor going on. Oh, man. I just um, I just watched um, Far Beyond the Stars not long ago. Yeah. And, oh, man. I, I mean, God, right now, I don't, know when, I don't know when y'all are listening to this right now, but as we record this in 2020, while there's, like, you know... Uh, race uprising like uprisings basically going on to watch far beyond the stars and watch mm-hmm. these cops uh you know beat up benny cisco and it just it's if you're listening nowish you know the early 2020s uh if you haven't seen far beyond the stars in a while please revisit that yeah definitely definitely an excellent episode uh it's so it's so much better than i remember mm-hmm. um in a, a very good episode uh, throughout all of Trek, I'd say probably the best episode for this particular moment in history. That and the episode when he um, becomes the, the Bell Riots. Oh episode. yeah! Oh hell yeah! The Bell Riots. Yeah. That shit is um. That's uh yeah. We don't, we've only got a few years until the Bell Riots. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening um. in the future, I guess they happened. <laughs> hope you came. Hope you were all right. Um, <laughs> Hope you made out okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so the only interesting thing in this scene uh, is they introduce a transporter and then they introduce Florida man. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm not getting in the damn transporter. Uh, hell no. Uh, they're just going to use it for stuff. So obviously mm-hmm. a, a human's going to go through it soon. At yeah. Some point, at obviously. some point. Yeah. Obviously yeah. foreshadowing. So they go, they go to talk to Hoshi. Yeah. And Captain A, Captain A-hole wants her to leave her students. Right. Two weeks, and, exams, you know, two weeks before exams. Two weeks before exams. Two weeks before exams. She has no idea what she's agreeing to it to, and she will regret it. <laughs> yes, she will. And, you know, he entices her with the Klingon language, which doesn't seem fair. It's, it's That's just, you it's know, appealing to her. Two weeks before exams. Two weeks before exams. Two weeks before exams. Come on, y'all. Also, what the fuck language was she teaching the students? Yeah, I just assume it was some, one of the alien... Yeah, I don't know. It ha- I mean, I guess, yeah. but like, what? I don't know what that <laughs> okay, was. Okay, anyway. That, that, well, I think it's. Yeah, 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 fun. yeah. That's fun. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. That, that had to be fun to shoot. I don't know. That seems, that's oh, just fun. Yeah. Uh, so he has a, has a little talk boy and he plays some Klingon and she's like, mm-hmm. she's okay. like, okay, I'm on board. Get me killed in space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be great. So that's all, that's all it takes. Two weeks before exams. Yep. I didn't go to college, but yep. even I know bad call. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're back on the ship. 
and T'Pol is there. Yeah. And she's only supposed to be there for uh, this. A, like four days as a chaperone. Right, right, right. As their liaison or whatever. And the the scene before she comes in is Trip and A-Hole commiserating about their racist feelings and how they'd be more comfortable <laughs> with a dog. Right, like, yeah. I'm like, well, fucking Jesus, these guys are dicks. <laughs> Why are we supposed to like them? Yeah, they're complete assholes. <sighs> it's just, uh So, yeah. Sh- dang old Vulcan, man. Yeah, tell you what, you know, they're, just, oh, they're just so mean to us, you know, our poor little, oh, oh fuck them. Anyway, um, so. But we do have, but, but, but sorry. Oh, it's but okay. Speaking of the dog, we do have Porthos. Yes. Who so far is my favorite part of all oh, of God. this. Oh, God. Why haven't they uh, had a dog before? Right? I mean, the, what was the last time there was a dog in Trek? Was it uh, in TOS? There was a dog that they put like a unicorn oh, right. on. We're like, that's an alien. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, that was a, a really, really interesting episode. Yeah, it was basically like a Pomeranian or something. And they put like yeah. horns on it and like some. Yeah, it was terrible. I have a beagle, a beagle mix. So like I'm a little uh, um, biased. Uh, but Porthos is me and definitely my wife's favorite part of the sure. show. So and far. he's a cute fucking dog. So, Aww, yeah. yeah, he's adorable. So, um, so, of course, you know, she walks in. Now, suddenly, the logical clothes to wear are skin tight with extra boob pads. <laughs> Rick Berman. <coughs> Rick Berman. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. And she, you know, and they make fun of her sex and race for having a sensitive sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, there's just too much conflict I don't, it, the racism is just so over the top yeah like they've got it turned all the way to 12 and it needs to be like at a five right it needs to be subtext it needs to be you know uh extra looks between characters it does not need to be like straight up obnoxious rudeness yeah there's no trust in that in the in no. the writing that Exactly. That this is what we'll do on the day that we'll do, you know, we'll do it with, you know, little looks and things like that. It just doesn't feel realistic or true. Yeah. To the to the story. And and she's being snotty and condescending and like. Which I would do. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I'd be annoyed, too, if you're there with these guys. Mm. One thing I noted was that at this point, uh, we've done interior of the uh, the Enterprise and it has a slightly more like mm-hmm. Navy ship feel Mm -hmm. yeah like the 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 doors have those more like they're like hatch spaces right they're they're curved doors yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the curved doors stuff like that uh feels like a pretty intentional design choice Mm -hmm. it's the first one of these more uh uh submarine-esque yeah one one thing with archer's tension and they they talk about this a little bit more um they touched on it in the intro as part of his contemporary Vulcans is that they screwed up his dad's uh, plans to build a faster the warp four ship or whatever yeah so I guess mm-hmm. that's part of his thing is just like these people were jerks to my dad and I guess you know. but he's constantly coming out he's constantly swinging yeah constantly swinging and trying to hit somebody you know and it's just like dude calm the fuck down like he would never pass psych of evals <laughs> right. you know that's what I'm because that, I mean, can you deal with the race 
that you will most likely have to deal with all the time. Right. And the answer is no, he cannot. So therefore he does not pass. He does not need to be a fucking captain. Call Jesus. <sighs> anyway, so we go to the, um, the send-off um, ceremony or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the LeMay bathrobe Vulcans mm-hmm. don't want to be clapping. Right. And the speech is hardly inspiring, so I don't blame them. Oh, now we're going to, you know, we, we were crawling and now we learned to walk and now we're going to fly. Like, oh, Jesus, really? Like, who yeah. the fuck wrote this? And then shout out to Star Trek First Contact. Yeah. Because Zephram Cochran is... The farmer from Babe. James up, Cromwell. Babe? Yep. He's fucking awesome. He's played multiple roles on different episodes of all of the shows, which is fucking awesome. I mean, except TOS. And if we ever get to TOS ourselves, we'll have to discuss how much he does not look like the first person to play Zephram Cochran. Oh, yeah. I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him again on something else recently, like an old episode of Twilight Zone or something oh, like really? that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he nice. Was bad actor. Not good. Yeah, not, not, good not a at great all. actor. Yeah, the original, yeah okay. when, they were, when they were like, they, dude, the alien is in love with you. And he's like, <laughs> no! No, that's gross. Ew, so Ew. gross and icky. Ew. Interracial marriage. <laughs> you know, I'm not even sure what it was about, but it was yeah. he was so like weird about it. Well, I guess I guess I guess the idea because they were like, "What? What's wrong with you? What? That's mm-hmm. great. What's, yeah, yeah. What, what's the matter been, with you? This alien's been taking care of you for how many years? Calm down, you know. Yeah, it's it's actually a very love is love episode. And, oh, very. You know, they try to you know. All right, so you know that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, when he comes on, when Farmer Cochran Hoggett says does his speech, mm-hmm. that should have been the intro audio. Yeah. Put some orchestral shit underneath it. Yeah. And let uh, farmer George Bush, he was George Bush in uh, the older George Bush in uh, oh. the uh, the movie W by oh, Oliver cool. Stone, which isn't a great movie. It's, it's mm. you know, whatever. but anyway, uh, but yeah, have him do that. Use that. Huh. Oh, my fuck. Anything. OK, anyway. So they launched the ship with, to me, very little fanfare. Like, yeah. This is the yeah. first of these ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they don't know how you know Enterprise is is going to be the name of the flagship sure. for for forever after this or whatever. But uh, this is a huge deal. This mm-hmm. ship that can do this kind of speed that is going to go on this uh, kind of big diplomatic mission. This kind of mm-hmm. thing like that. It's just kind of like hey thing, and it's just a very small group of people, and they do a pre-recorded speech mm-hmm. and then he's just like ah, let's go <laughs> yeah and then well they get on the ship and you know the archer does the whole take her out you know and mm-hmm. my question is would the captain ever ask the helmsman take her out wobbly and curved or <laughs> just do whatever barrel roll yeah barrel roll out of here you know i mean it's <laughs> it's i get it it's a moment but still, yeah. it's like we don't need to know straight and steady. Right, right. Of course, of course, it's going to be straight and steady. Jesus. Warp two out of the gate, just Bing. Let's go. Yeah. The uh, um, the CG here looks bad. Really, I can't remember. Is it? Are you just talking about like when they go through the the docking? Yeah. Yeah. Thing, the birth. Yeah. All the all the ship CG. Yeah. Looks bad. It looks so much worse than the TNG. Oh man, see the TNG stuff, which is all models. Exactly. It's like exactly. models always age always better. Always age always better. Always ages better. Mm-hmm. It's got to be cheaper, right? Is it cheaper? I would think. 
I would Used think models? so, but I mean, but I don't, I don't really know. You, you look at all the, the 90s Trek stuff. It just looks like ships in space. Like, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like yeah. a technology. Yeah. It doesn't look like it. It just looks like ships in space. And so if you just use the fucking models. We're back on the ship in the, sh- in the, in the episode. We're back on the ship and uh, oh yeah, Captain A-Hole goes to, goes to have a scene with Dr. Flox. Yay, Flox. Um, I like Flox. Yeah. I like Flox a lot. So he, I like hearing alien takes on humans. That's always my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when they when they kind of describe humans differently, um, which is classic Trek, isn't it? Like that happened a lot in TOS, where yeah, aliens would appear and be like, "You are strange in this way, but good in that yeah. way, and therefore we <laughs> shall make you battle, and now you can go home. You are yeah. weird." <laughs> like, yep. It, you know the captain's like kind of rude and kind of weird with him and Flox is like oh the humans are so optimistic and blah 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 and I'm like you haven't met humans from like England have you <laughs> or Irishmen he hasn't met Reed Reed yeah. like they got one there who and he is that stereotype just like oh, everything sucks this is all sucks yeah yeah or, or and, but yeah Archer is mean and yelly and negative, yeah. and I guess he's kind of optimistic in a weird way. Yes, yeah, but yeah. But Flox calls him out on it. Flox totally calls him out on his xenophobia in that scene. He really does. He's like, you know, if you're going to embrace new ideas, you know, da 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 da, you know. And then they do that really mm-hmm. weird gag with his smile. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I like that or not. It just seems really corny. Yeah, weird CG doesn't need to happen. We established well enough uh, in his first scene that he's a good, that he's a capable doctor. He's yes. he was working on the Klingon, and then in this scene we get to know him a little bit, and he's like a positive, upbeat dude, and mm-hmm. he's he's like, I'm gonna put all kind of creatures on you. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. That is a really interesting way of, I mean, his whole character and his whole way, his whole method of, of, you know, being a physician and using like, you know, real live plants and real live animals to gain medicine and, and treatment and stuff like that. That's a really neat take. Yeah. I, I really like that. I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at medicine that they hadn't done before and i thought that was cool yeah it's kind of holistic isn't it and very naturalistic too like it's very like you know taking what you can use from anywhere you know instead of just having this drug or that drug that you have chemically synthesized and homogenized and so forth he does through the series exactly this he's just like well let's put some worms in there inside of your body and see if they clean it out like he's kind of willing to be detached enough to uh experiment on people i mean i don't yeah i guess that's just uh um uh, oh i forgot his species um denobulin he's denobulin thank you yeah 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 um oh wait where was i even going which by the way which this is another thing that really annoys me about trek and this is trek in general romulans what romulan is a human mythos oh yeah romulus and remus just by absolute denobulans right denobulans that's a the name of a star that we gave the name the star what's their name for their species like is that how the universal translator has worked it out or what that's that's a good question you know like that 
that bothers me a lot. Plus, oh God, in Nemesis, which is the worst Star Trek movie. Yeah, it sucks. The worst. It sucks. It is so terrible. But they actually have Romulans and Remans. What? There are Remans? That is so, yeah. I yeah, I, the ones. I blanked on, like, after Nemesis. Oh, so, I block it out. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually, like, a separate species called the Remans. That. Who live on the moon on the outs? Uh, yeah, it's terrible. That. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. It's that's it's straight terrible. up stupid. No, it's oh, sorry. really wretched. They put the Remans on the no, moon. It's all right. I don't know why not. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> good, I mean, good question though. Yeah, like if we meet some aliens and it turns out that our uh, solar system was called, you know, they called it the the blorps or we're, we're just we're mm -hmm. like all right we'll go are with we that the blorps? we're the blorpians you know i don't know that's cool yeah like, do we just okay. go with it is that just yeah. cool yeah i don't know mm -hmm. um maybe i mean it, it, it seems pretty chill and easy to going it's just like yeah sure denobulin it whatever it's all the same we yeah, call ourselves sure. the glip glorps <laughs> but you know sure we don't, i don't give a shit whatever when in, when in rome when in Remus, oh, um, when in Remus. So they go to dinner. No, no, wait, no. Oh, I, like, I kind of like the gravity bit. Yeah, the whole gravity bit has a little bit of weird sexual overtones. Ber Berman is obviously a boob man. Oh, that's right. He talk. They talk about <sighs> chicks with three boobs. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, uh, that's kind of a nod because um, that's what they were going to do with Deanna Troy originally. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's what that's what Gene wanted to do Fucking with Deanna Troy. Barry, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Gene's great. We talked. We talked about this on our pilot. But the, yeah. the Gene's great blind spot is uh, is women. His sexism. It really it's, is. It really is. He's he's yeah. painfully sexist. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh. So. Um, yeah. So the whole like ah, chicks with three boobs, high five, bro. Mm, you know, uh, and then dinner with T'Pol. W and um, he continues to be willfully ignorant of another species perspective mm -hmm, yeah. where because he, he's like why didn't you go to these beautiful places on earth because she's like I'm a Vulcan and I didn't want to right right and he's like what's what, um, what would she get out of the Grand Canyon she would just exactly. be like well that's a giant hole oh. in the ground like what what would make you think that that would be her bag yeah so I like the glassware they have very nice glassware in these scenes. Oh, I missed the glassware. I should have paid attention to Yeah, it's kind of pretty. Yeah. Okay, I do have to talk about Trip. The actor is very hot. The character is inter intermittently hot. Okay. He can suddenly kind of be a whiny little turd, but other times he's super, super brave. Okay. It's very strange. Which is he um, in this scene? In this scene, he's just kind of a... He's just kind of vaguely racist and and <laughs> makes like well he he so super he kind hot. of oh yeah yeah well no no he 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 like does the he teases to paul with saying that you know they're gonna have the ribs you know there's, and stuff like that and she's like oh jesus because she's a vegetarian mm -hmm, yeah the parts that make him um you know attractive is that he actually learns and enjoys other cultures instead of constantly seeing it as just a threat to to everything okay yeah you know yeah i get that that's cool but she she gets the last word in the scene though she's the one she this is the scene where she like manages to cut and uh fork i guess is the word um her breadstick yeah so i'm, I'm kind of like you know that's kind of cool 
yeah, um, the, with a little patience, uh, anything is possible. She says something like yeah, that. Yeah, like uh, yeah, with uh, with enough discipline, anything yeah, anything is possible or something. The mm-hmm. Whole discussion around them eating meat. The the discussion like uh, the, the the part of it that I found interesting was them talking about, look, we've made a lot of progress. Yes, you um, can't expect us to do to be perfect right away. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that's for real. I think that that's um, material conditions. After first contact, I don't know how, I guess this would have been 30, 40 years, between 30 and 50 years after first contact, something like that. Yeah. Just real world material conditions, just thinking about like how things are now, um, where things would be. And I guess this, oh, we're probably talking about 100, 150 years in the future, something like that. Just like, which do you think humanity would get to first? Elimination of meat from our diet we stopped doing that or uh we can move around the solar system uh relatively easily i uh, i think they're not really mutually exclusive well well no i'm just saying like which do you think we would pull off first um i can't answer that because on the one hand like with the meat thing like we need to do that because our fucking you know ecology is so completely fucked we need to get to the point where we're not eating at least so much meat yeah. and that that's the basis of our diet is, you know, having a huge slice of meat with every fucking meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I, I feel like they could be accomplished. They both could be accomplished. I think that uh, on as far as space travel, they definitely aren't going to be eating a whole lot of meat. Like oh, people yeah, that yeah. are not on this planet, they're not going to be eating a whole lot of meat. Like maybe they'll have some freeze dried shit, but that's going to be like, you know, they're going to be eating like vegetables. I am more interested in the no war, no poverty, you know, yeah. energy for everyone. Um, nobody's starving to death, free health care situation. I'm not really as interested. I want to get there first. Yeah, definitely. And it's like you that because that, because that's something we could actually do like now. Yeah. And something something we could do and could have been doing for a while. Yes. Like that could have happened for a while. Oh, now. yeah. And it won't due to a overarching, all controlling uh, economic system that we. Right. <laughs> that it's we a, well, it's in. a it's a very American mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got mine. Fuck you. Yeah. And that's and uh, whereas that served us well during certain periods of our you know of the country's development it doesn't serve us anymore and everybody else is past that if if anybody's interested uh, i i'd recommend the book uh, by max fisher capitalist realism um mm. from zero books uh it's worth checking out the the great poll quote from that being it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism yes and and just kind of, just kind of, I don't know. Chew on that for a minute. All right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. As for me, I don't know. I, I think I, I would be willing to bet that we are doing laps around Neptune before uh, the last person who's like, I'm, I'm gonna keep eating meat to trigger the libs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Before that person uh, <laughs> just finally to hangs trigger it up. the libs. Oh my <laughs> I, god. I think, I think that guy is still gonna exist. Yeah. And he's still gonna like shoot a Klingon if he shows yeah. up near his grain silo. Yeah. That guy is still gonna exist. <laughs> yeah. I don't, 
I hate to say it, oh, yeah. but I I don't think that person. I think there will be few of them. Yeah. But they will they will hang on, and if it's just a few people eating meat, eventually, uh, all right. Well, you know, we've largely eliminated the ecological issue. I don't know so if far. you've heard of this of this particular technology, but there is a technology where they actually grow muscle. They actually grow meat without it being attached to anything. I'm down for that. That is fine. Yeah, lab grown meat, right? perfectly fine with me I'd, I'd eat meat for with like that but the amount of resources that we use just so that we can eat meat is just ridiculous back on the bridge we have hoshi and to paul argue uh, my notes say because hot chicks fighting is hot bro i guess uh i think i think it would have been much much more interesting for them to hit it off yeah why are they not getting along that's really uh, like i said way too much conflict for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just no motivation for that conflict. Like, it's, yes, you have to have conflict in a story, but you have to have a reason for the conflict. Right. And there's no reason for most, most of this. Anyway, um, then they go to sick bay. Oh, sorry, this oh. is also the first uh, bit where we start to ask the question, how is Hoshi in Starfleet? And we are going to cut it off right there. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We're going to continue talking about the Enterprise pilot in the next one. Uh, We just didn't want our first episode out of the gate to be incredibly long. Get in touch with us on our Facebook group, Star Trek Stuff, or send us an email at wearestartrekstuff at gmail.com. All the music comes from the band Motherfucker, and yes, I did have my bandmates' permission. Check out Motherfucker Motherfucker at bandcamp.com. Till then, live long and prosper. (laughs) 